0: Here we go,
1: here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I I am Andy Hopbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow.
0: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what?
1: Welcome along, it's Friday morning episode. Uh, We are currently um, enjoying some downtime, I think they call it, Uh, in the middle of our run of live shows. We did Leeds the other night, which was brilliant. Couldn't fault it at all. Sheffield... Wednesday night.
0: Sheffield the, Wednesday the cra- night. <laughs>
1: Je- oh. uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um <laughs> crowd of fantastic. Brilliant. For we were okay. The uh, the logistics the logistics
0: annoyed me. It's slightly. the stuff of Dawson nightmares.
1: I mean, I just try to remove myself from the whole thing as it was going on and just try and float above it all.
0: I think that it because- was it, it must have been harder for you than for me, because you're a man I mean, you are Britain's... You are the logistical king of the, of the United Kingdom. And some I mean, would say,
1: I, w- I wouldn't say that. That's for others to so, say. Some
0: would say that oh. if we were involved in a European tournament of logistics, you would be mm. the person put forward by the British government to... I say that they should have put you in charge of the fucking COVID situation, right?
1: Well, I couldn't have done a, a worse job. Let's say that. Let's put it this way. <laughs> 9 a.m. this morning, I've secured tickets for two... Different pulp gigs at two different locations through two through two different ticket agencies
0: simultaneously. If only they'd put so, fucking Dawson in charge of the COVID, then we wouldn't have been locked up for so long, and we would all have been vaccinated quicker and all.
1: Mate, mate, that's not even that's not even a joke because I would have done it better. But no, then I know you many other done. people would have done it better.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but anyway, so it must have been extra tough for you to see people <laughs> basically doing everything. Uh, The opposite of how you would have done it. It was astonishingly poor. There's a mystery about it. If you were there on um, Wednesday night, on Sheffield Wednesday night, you'll always remember. (laughs) We'll always remember it because it was a legendary point in the Top Flight Time Machine canon. Right? <laughs> it was amazing. The first inkling you might have had was a tweet I sent out just warning you it was a cash bar. There's a story behind that, which we'll get on to. Um, and, uh, or the other inkling you might have had was when you arrived at the venue, the, at the Montgomery Theatre, and were greeted on the door in the ticket office by Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson, the hosts of the show. Um, the names on the ticket, yeah. That was not a joke. It was not a prank. It happened because... I don't think we've got time to tell the full story of what happened because it would be like a deep dive in itself. Maybe one day we'll deep dive it as a separate series. Um, Maybe
1: we'll create it as a um, a short film
0: with actors. But but I would say that basically the reason we are on the door was that... And this is just one of a million things. Don't for a moment when I tell you this, listener, think that this was the central issue. It was just one issue that emerged amongst loads of others. One of the issues was... There sit well when we first arrived, there were no chairs put out at all. So we were greeted by just an empty room. Bar yeah. one table with a couple of mics on and nothing else, mm. right? Um so not even any chairs for us to no. sit on. So we have to learn the audience we politely suggested that it might be handy for the audience to have chairs to sit on. And I've gotta say, the young lads who'd been left in charge sort of looked at me a little bit, sort of like, Fucking hell. Listen to him. Up from London with his airs and graces. <laughs> Thinks there should be chairs now, does he? Oh, want anything else to do, you, sire? Right, it was a little bit... I was getting those vibes. I was getting vibes that I was being a bit demanding by yeah. asking for chairs. Oh, you wanted facilities, did you oh, as well? Oh, fucking hell. Listen, what's he going to ask for next? A fucking... you got your table. Pro- a procession of puppies for him to pet while he's waiting <laughs> to go on. To. Listen to Mariah Carey over fucking- here.
1: What, what what time's your string quartet coming? Look <laughs> at This hell? is
0: Yorkshire, pal. We don't have any truck with chairs. If your legs are a bit tired, have a squat, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <coughs> so, anyway, that was just one Ugh. of the things. And then, and then he reluctantly went and rustled up a few chairs. Um, but it was only about half of the chairs that were needed. And when Andy pointed out, Andy politely counted the chairs and said well we've we've sold this many tickets but there's only that many chairs what one of the bits where i became the only bit where i thought i might twat this kid (laughs) there was only (laughs) there was only a couple of small moments but probably the closest i came it wasn't that close of course i wasn't going to twat him but the 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 urge came it through me just a little bit was when you told him how many chairs were out, and rather than accept that, he started counting them himself. And it wasn't like you were saying we were a couple short. We were 40 chairs short. Yeah. And you told him that in a very polite way, and rather than apologise or go and get more chairs, he counted to verify what you'd just told him. (laughs) Yeah. As if you might be lying or that you couldn't count. Yeah. So that I was. He was buying himself time. Yeah, that was one. Oh, his whole thing was buying himself time. I mean, we'll get on to him a bit more. Um, but yeah, so the reason we were on the door is that the guy, the more helpful person was the poor kid. Shout out to Ted. Ted Lasso, was, as Andy named him for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I really love um, sort of stupid nicknames like you get at school that there's no relevance <laughs> to. It's just that you've got the same first name as another person. It's like someone's going to me. Oh, here he is, Sam Fender. All right, Sam. Uh-huh. Oh, Sam Allardyce. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I, I saw I saw I saw tweet this morning. Somebody was talking about their dad's pal, who it was nicknamed Chocolate Dave. Mm. And they asked the dad, "How come we got the nickname Chocolate Dave?" He said, oh, I met up with him once, and he was eating some chocolate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> been <laughs> Chocolate Dave ever since." There was a kid at my wife's primary school who they called Teabag. And it was because right. he once had a cup of tea when they were on the ah, school trip. They yeah. were on a school trip to the Isle of Wight, and they caught him well, having a cup of tea. Which, when you're a primary school kid, I suppose is like a bit unusual.
1: A fucking fish cake, you know? Yeah,
0: I once had a fish. Exactly. But to be fair though, that's like I was shouted some some bullies shouted fish cake at me in the yeah. street, which is quite funny. Anyway, um, yeah. So Ted, who just was out there to be working on the box office, he he had no other role, but he took pity on us or. Not pity. He was just like a helpful guy, and he said, "I'm really sorry. I'll I'll get you some chairs, but I'll have to leave the box office, and and your <laughs> guests will be arriving soon." And he said, "The only solution I, I can think it's... of is that you to wait here." <clears throat> well, actually, we were absolutely thrilled to be allowed behind yeah, the right. desk. We, we had we'll a, a, that. we were like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, we can manage that." We had access wait, so, to the computer. Wait. Yeah, the ticket machine. The ticket machine yeah. was wonderful, wasn't it? I'd never had access I'd, to one of those.
1: And under the counter, behind the desk, was hidden a wooden mallet. A wooden you mallet. expect that. It
0: was all sorts. So we were actually delighted. We would have happily not done the show and just hung around there all night. It was we were you fiddling had around. traps. We were fidd- yeah. It was like you know how we've talked before about how we love to play post offices. Snap, Stab, snaps. Yes. Step, step. Yes. Because when you're at post office they had so much equipment, didn't they? Yeah. It was a bit it wasn't as good as a post office, obviously nothing would be, but it was that it was those kind of vibes, wasn't it?
1: I think with hindsight we weren't officious enough at checking the tickets when uh-huh. people came in. Because uh-huh. we were having a nice bit of a crack on with everyone as they yeah. came in. But we kind of just went, Is that your ticket there in your hand? Yeah, fair enough, whatever.
0: Uh, some Could people I like gave tickets to from the machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they had e-tickets on their phone and they when they were like, Oh, just get it a ticket, did. I was like, Don't worry about that. And I was pulling just tickets out of the machine, unprinted, and handing them out. Right, and their names on them. Some of them I signed with little messages too. So yeah. if, you, if you didn't come to Sheffield, that was the kind of service you were getting. There was a lot of free... Uh, meet and greets which in the future Andy and I will probably start charging for the way that some oh, big, big bands do yeah, for those yeah. you get premium tickets don't you where you can come backstage and do the, a meet yeah, and greet
1: VIP meet and greet extra 70 quid so or something on our next yeah. tour
0: we'll probably find a way of charging for that uh, but if you came to Sheffield on Wednesday night as a fan experience despite the fact that the the venue fucked it um, and we've only scraped the surface here gang I mean like mm. the chairs thing and all that and us working the tickets it's just one small detail in a fucking ocean of fuck ups um but uh, as a as a fan experience, it was probably one of the best we've ever laid on. Do you know what I mean? I think so. And, yeah, it, yeah. And, and we covered all of this in the show, and the audience were part and parcel of it because they're the ones who had to deal with things like... It was
1: their Vietnam, wasn't it? They'd lived through
0: it. it, Vietnam, it? Lived through it. Like they were, they were contributing. As we were saying the things that happened to us, they were shouting things back that had happened to them. Like, for instance, one woman shouted out that she, she held up an IOU that the bar had <laughs> yeah. given her in lieu of change because they'd run out yeah. of change. Because <laughs> they hadn't opened the bar. So we basically... That was another... I, I, that I mean, was the main issue. I effectively for me. made them open the bar, which I was quite yeah. proud of because I thought they're never going to open the bar. But we sort of like it was almost a Caspian and super glue yourself to the fucking desk until yeah, they did what that they, was they our said. Next move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I when I what? bust in the office and told them they, they they in the end they were so kind. The three young. That, well, actually, there was three young people there. Only two of them I'm going to give any credit to because subs- I've done subsequent investigations in which well, I've discovered in a plot twist that one hmm. of the guys who we originally thought was a dick, then we thought it was all right. I've now gone back to thinking he was a dick.
1: Are you certain about that? Because we've only got one party's word against the other on
0: that. I'm not going to name him because it would be unfair and he doesn't have right to reply.
1: Yeah, but he's probably going to be listening to this as well because he's a fan now
0: well look if you're listening and you know who it is we're addressing right I was told (laughs) you told us when I confronted you about the woeful lack of fucking preparation for us our arrival no bar no toilets no dressing room no chairs etc I could go on you were pretty sullen and like I said you treated me as if I was being demanded for expecting these basics right and, uh, and I thought at that stage, I thought, right, twat, small potential, he might get sparked, but let's see how, how things are. <laughs> if I was younger, you would have been sparked there and then, but I thought a potential sparking, but we'll wait and see. All right. <laughs> Cause that's how I've changed. Cause I've worked so much you've, on my mental yeah, health.
1: You've, 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 you've learned and you've grown. Now you I have, think, right.
0: Yeah. I don't rule out a sparking. That's something Spark, that will happen yeah, in the future. Think first. Assess
1: first, spot later. later.
0: So I thought, right, I'm not gonna, because I, I carry my Stone Island jumper in my bag just in case, right? And I thought, I've got, yeah, I've got it there if, if I need Once it. Once
1: you put that on, everyone in the room knows there's, there's a the, sparking
0: coming. Spark coming, and I, that's why yeah. I, I bring it because it's fair warning. So I thought, right, there's, the stoney's in there, it's ready for when I need it, if I need it. But I very much hope I do not need it, right? <laughs> um, and then it sort of when I confronted him and he realised that we weren't going to do what most people do which is just take shit do you know what I mean I was like no this will not stand and he was like okay so his next move was to say the, the classic the absolute classic now we've all done it and it all fares in love and war but he's given it the sorry, I don't know anything, I'm just a technical guy and none of the bosses are here and I wasn't told anything and I'm just not the guy you're looking for here, right?
1: This is not the droid you're looking for.
0: And I bought that and then for the rest of the evening I kept telling him how I felt bad for him because he'd been thrown under the bus by his bosses and it, it it shouldn't have been that he was there left carrying the can and sorting our chairs out. However, when I spoke to the authorities, the higher ups the next day, who I have to say were in, in, immensely apologetic and helpful, and um, have, have taught me into—I mean, it's your call, not mine, ultimately. Because I told them, "Listen, you're not speaking—you're speaking to the monkey, not the organ grinder here. I'll have to run it. I'll have to run it by the cunts upstairs." But as far as <laughs> I'm concerned, we will be back next year. <laughs> right. Um, But yeah, they're they're fine. And it is a good venue. It's just was badly, badly manned. And, uh, but they said he was actually the duty manager and he had been briefed and he knew everything. And that's when I realised he'd, yeah, he'd been briefed and it it was his responsibility and he just hadn't done it. And when we turned up and asked things, he tried to bluff us out by going, nah, sorry, can't help you, right? And then when he realised that we weren't, going to just fucking roll over and take that or start sorting it out ourselves. Because why should we? We paid a load of money for it, right? Mm. He shat it and lied.
1: Right. Well.
0: But I've not named him. He can't sue me. I could be wrong. And listen, if I am, I will... Publicly, this is uh, all I'm saying is I've had two sides it's, of the story, and I'm not yeah, sure I which is say, true.
1: It's it's all a bit he said, she said, isn't it's it? It's a bit he said, in she said, in terms of who
0: said and, what, and and what was done and what happened. And if you want to contact failure, I think if you want to contact me, anyone involved in this story who may be listening, if you want to contact me with your right to reply, you can do so at TF mm. Time Machine. Uh, contact at tftimemachine.com or toplighttimemachine at gmail.com. Either those email addresses or on socials. Get in touch with your right to reply. What I am doing, this is like one of those true crime podcasts where we're piecing through the evidence we have as we have it in real time.
1: I know that we said we could do a drama of this with actors and stuff, Mm. but I think this feels like a Netflix documentary series along the lines of Woodstock. Um, Ninety nine, whatever it was called.
0: Have you ever um, seen American or the Fire Festival? Have you ever seen American? <coughs> Va- it's very like Fire Festival. Yeah. Have you ever seen American Vandal, which is a spoof of a Netflix <laughs> True Climb documentary?
1: I saw a bit of it once. Yeah. It's it I is one, like. it's
0: wonderful. It's one of the most wonderful things I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I never got fully into it because it's one of them where I got distracted by something else. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, we'll just we'll we'll touch upon. A couple of other points that the bar thing. Mm. The bar was supposed to be open if we would sold seventy five percent of the tickets, which we had done.
0: We sold. We got in there. the end. We had a hundred percent because there was four turn ups on the door, mate. So we uh, we capacity. Was that? Yeah, we capacity oh, okay. filled it. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice one. Um, the bar wasn't opened. The show is designed with a brick in the middle so the people can go to the bar
0: to benefit That's not just the, for the audience, of the venue, but the venue yeah. so they can make money.
1: Yeah. Uh, they didn't bother opening the bar when they did uh, they didn't have any change in the float as you've said um, and it
0: was cash only because they weren't it allowed was, it to was use cash only the kids in they charge were not allowed to use the machines
1: they weren't like qualified the y, they were like the why don't you gun from BBC one not allowed to run a
0: bar I know I wish we'd run the bar as well it would have been like carry on Abroad, where Peter Butterworth does everything he's like, the yeah. waiter the chef yeah, the bellboy yeah, the definitely. manager it'd be great
1: so there was that the the bar wasn't fully functional. They didn't have a bottle opener in the bar. So one, one of the yeah. one of the, the audience members who was there loaded his bottle opener to, to the bar and had to get it back later on after the show.
0: Yeah, that was um, good.
1: It it subsequently emerged on Twitter that the toilets weren't lit. So mm. that people using the toilets were using the lights from their iPhones yeah. in order to find to, their way around their, the toilet.
0: To see their willies. To make sure their willies Fucking were pointing hell. in the right place all their bums. I mean, that, that'll be a new
1: experience for some of them.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, a, uh, it was a, a fucking toilet. car crash, but I've got to say, the woman, <laughs> she was so, uh, she was embarrassed, she was disappointed, and wow. she has mm. endeavoured to make amends, and mm. um, what I liked was there was no excuses, although having said that, she did a little bit throw the kid under the bus, but even then, she didn't name him. I've pieced together this. She went, there was a duty manager, and as far as we were concerned, the duty manager had been briefed fully for what your requirements would be on the night.
1: Right, okay.
0: That's all she said. And then I said, who was it? And she didn't name names, but she said it was the guy who was also on technical. So okay. that, that's, that's all I have. That's all I have. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you the evidence that I currently have at my disposal. But yeah. whatever. The the important thing is, right, we're doing a new type of show this time. If you've seen us before, there was a lot of sort of um, poorly scripted sketches. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were amazing shows, both our last tours. They were great. Yeah. But they were, you know, sketches and character-based and all the characters you know and and indeed love from the podcast. And so it wasn't really and like... some you don't. And it wasn't really like the podcast. Whereas now, what we've done is we've done what um what we we once saw we'd never do which is we're more or less just doing a live podcast we don't record it or put it out so if you come on the night it's exclusive content that you'll never show's hear or see yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's much more sort of free it's much more fluid isn't it andy it's a it's fluid a little
1: bit of repetition but not very much, not, not very say, much. like 90, 85% of it is is made up on the on the spot and, each night and just I've, like when we just sit down and do a podcast
0: we've always had a Amazing warm welcome in Leeds at the wardrobe. This is the third time we played there and once again they never let us down. They're such a great crowd. And that was our first night and we were buzzing off it because we weren't sure how the new style show would go down. It went down great. Yeah. And then Sheffield where we'd never played, same again. Full turnout. It was difficult for everyone who came, and yet they all sort of embraced it. There was a lot of warmth in that room in both cases. Not literal warmth, because obviously Sheffield probably just hadn't bothered to turn the heating on.
1: (laughs) There was freezing in there. Yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, I mean emotional human warmth. (laughs) And it was so great, wasn't it? It was just... And so I feel like these new shows, there's much more of a vibe going on between us and the audience, because it's less like us just performing bits, and there's more involvement... From them, and it, it's like hanging out with a bunch of um people, like weird mates, which is what I like to think of the top flight time machine community being.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've I've, I've been blown away by how how much like you say warmth and love there was.
0: Mm, it was great, and it um, was really great meeting people in Sheffield as well because we were on the door. We had some really good chats with people as they came in, didn't we?
1: We did. Yeah, some of them rather personal. Yeah. Um,
0: well, some, I like to get I, deep some, into it. Yeah. Did, did you like... Uh, you know when I went mad in the ticket... or Not mad, but when I sort of made our feelings clear up in the offices. You liked the bit where I compared us to George Ezra, didn't you? You did. That came out of
1: nowhere. It's not like, we're not fucking George Ezra, you said.
0: Yeah, because I was trying Which, to uh, say to them, listen, we're not being prima donnas here. It, I don't feel mm-hmm. that we're expecting anything exceptional or special treatment. We know what we are, right? But we're only asking for the basics like some chairs, right? And, we know what we are. And and I said, we know what we are. We know what we are. We're not George Ezra. We know what we are. So I said, it's not like we're fucking... And literally, as I said the words, it's not like we're fucking... I didn't know what was coming next, right? Because my room, my eyes scanned the room. And I was about to make a comparison to a big live artist to, to sort mm. of make the point that I know we're not a big deal, right? Yeah. And, I was probably about to say, like, I don't know, fucking Led Zeppelin, right? (laughs) And my eyes scanned the room and I realised I was talking to three people who weren't even born during Euro 96, mate, let alone the Led Zeppelin (laughs) era, right? (coughs) Yeah. And so at the last minute I thought, oh, no, they're not going to get my cultural reference. So I thought, think of someone new. And I said, George Ezra, and I can tell you, that was just because I'd seen his name on a poster that afternoon. And I'm not saying this for effect. I genuinely don't really know who George Ezra is. I'm aware that he's like a headline artist, but I don't I, I say, don't know what he looks like. I don't know what his music is. I don't know anything.
1: I can't say Led Zeppelin. Quick, think of someone modern who's got a Z in their name. George Ezra!
0: <laughs> I was pleased with it, mate. I've got to admit, because I thought they sort of nodded, saying, like, yeah, this guy knows his stuff. He's an old guy. Yeah. He's bald. He's bald, and he's, uh, he, he's pretty uptight. But uh, he knows his stuff, <laughs> he and yeah. he knows that he is no George Ezra. He's very angry. Nor but will he, he ever seems be. cool. He, yeah, he'll never be George Ezra. But he appreciates that, and he's he's at peace with it. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of I'm thinking of a T-shirt that says.
1: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Jalapeño. But, I mean, on the whole, it was we great we night it together. It was a really good night. And more shows next week. Uh, London on Monday night, uh, Newcastle Tuesday night. Glasgow Wednesday night and Nottingham on Thursday night and there'll be more shows in the new year which we're in the process of scheduling and we'll announce soon we will, we will come um, to
0: Manchester won't we we'll,
1: we're, we're going to attempt Manchester, Liverpool um, Brighton places we've been before you've, know, um, you've
0: mentioned a couple of places we haven't been before which excites me because I just like seeing different parts of the country mate. yeah
1: we'll just try as we we'll see we're spreading it out over a few months so we can can try I'm, I'm, I'm going
0: to say we're not uh, this isn't somewhere where we're definitely <coughs> coming but it's just a talking point to me is that you mentioned... Um, the s- oh, are
1: you sure you want to see
0: a, a place? Because if you don't we, want we, me to, I won't. No, I won't. No,
1: I'd rather you didn't, okay, right. just in case. All
0: right, let's just forget that. There's a place where when, we haven't when, been that I wasn't expecting when, you to say, and I've since investigated it and done some digging. Um, well,
1: when when they're announced, mm. that's when
0: we can okay, blow right. our
1: trumpets and announce our impending arrival and perhaps announce our plans. And, um, you know, I don't know.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a hassle. Okay, let's ch- let's change the subject. Did you see um, Jeremy Corbyn in Parliament yesterday accusing, saying to Rishi Sunak that he lived in his nut rent free? Did you see that? I didn't that? see it. Oh, I saw the beginning
1: oh. of it, and it, it pissed me off because last week yeah. when Sunak did his first PMQs... yeah. Um, he referred to it as Prime Minister's Question Time silly cunt which is not what it is yeah, fucking no, called that's a television programme Min- you yeah, daft bastard yeah you might as well call it Prime Minister's fucking repair shop
0: it's not, <laughs> that's not
1: what it's called it's called Prime Minister's Questions and always has been Corbyn did the same fucking thing yesterday when he stood up. Oh, fuck's sake. He says, in reference, Corbyn did the fucking thing for four years every week and he's calling a Prime Minister's question
0: time as well. That poor cunt don't Fuck know whether he's me. coming or going. And usually... Well, I didn't
1: see the rest of the... I switched it off after that.
0: It was fucking I switched funny. off the internet. It was fucking fun. I mean, yeah, like, I'm not really a big fan of Jeremy Corbyn and don't get your knickers in the twist or you like, ah, ah. you call yourself that wing? <laughs> well, why don't you like Chesa? Right. <laughs> Just know why that... Why haven't you any of his jab? Everyone can disagree. It's not a big deal. Calm down, pussycat, right? Um, I tell you one thing, I've met Jeremy Corbyn and interviewed him and one thing that Jeremy Corbyn does not appreciate or like is the coarse, confrontational, ugly and aggressive face of modern political discourse. Because, say what you like about him, he's a a gentle, peaceful man, right? And so it's ironic that some of his acolytes... the first to fucking go all in with the old (laughs) two-footed tackle the moment you say anything that is other than like fucking worshipful of him, (laughs) right? That is not what your master wants from you guys, right? He wants everyone to be a bit more chill Anyway, but I I fucking loved him yesterday, he goes he he was basically saying right, Prime Minister Sunak, if that's what you're calling yourself, (laughs) it was like, it was the absolute contempt, he went You've got up here at Prime Minister's Question Time Newsnight. Repair, r- p- repair shop. R- repair shop. How cheap is my vet, right? <laughs> and you've gone. You know, no, what is it? I've got a... What is that programme? Haven't Channel 4 done a programme called I've Got a Monster Cock or something my, like my that? My Big Cock or something yeah. like that, yeah. Right. Recent, yeah, yeah. Uh, the right honourable Prime Minister member, Big Cock. My, <laughs> the right honourable member for Islington. Hello. Right, is this thing working? No, you haven't, yeah. got, a, you haven't got a microphone, Mr Corbin. All right, whatever, shut up. Am I, am I still allowed to speak in here? Now. <laughs> with all the, the bother and that. When when Grand Admiral Sunak got up during <laughs> I've got a massive cock questions <laughs> on Monday, he came out with a load of bollocks that he said that I'd had in my manifesto at last election. But I never said any of it. He made it all up. Now, if I'm going <sighs> to live in your fucking not rent-free... Then at least have the decency to fucking tell the truth about the shit I've come out with. No further oh, questions, wrong. Your Honour. Next question. Yeah. No further questions. Next question. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall Mather's out. Mic drop. Who wants a pie? Hell. Who wants some jam? Yeah. Who wants some jam in their pie? All right, calm down, <coughs> Jeremy. You you you've said your piece, but I did like it. Um, yeah. So yeah, kudos for it, due. I don't know where he got that phrase from. Whether it's one he knows or whether one of his young hipster millennial well, it will um, be. like staff members yeah. gave it to him. Because that's it. Like that's... very not many adults uh, support him. A lot of the kids do, and. Yeah. Um, they, uh they, and I, I, you know, I encountered this stuff when I interviewed him. and They were all nice, but they were all very kind of young hipsters who work for him, and he's sort of pretty old and fusty. So it's quite he's a, seventy now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. it's quite a funny. Well, that's anything it, wrong with I, that? I, I found it quite a funny combo. Quite good, I suppose. Mm. You know, they're all very young, and he's like obi-wan kenobi but they're sort of whispering in his ear telling him what to say and do and he's like oh that's nice yes what did you say again living rent free in my nut it oh in his nut okay yes i'll say that well he
1: was i saw him being interviewed a few weeks ago and he was wearing a a lacoste polo shirt so maybe one of them had told him to wear that as well
0: yeah yeah stick on the lacoste (coughs) um it'll show that you're ready to spark anyone who gets a bit saucy (laughs)
1: fucking
0: up. i want you know like um they're all taking the piss out of um now i hate puns and i hate politi- yeah of course both I, I hate puns both and i hate before. political satire those two things are the last refuge of the tedious and humorless cunt however calling sakir starmer sabir korma for some reason really tickles me you like that, do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's funny. It's obviously stupid, and it represents all the kind of humour that I don't like. But I just think it's a beer coma. Do they still if, call him that? I still hear people saying it, and if I was him, I'd really embrace it and start calling myself okay. it. Aye, aye. It's me. It's a beer coma. Because people will respond to that. People like beer, and they like comas
1: yeah yeah well
0: i don't like a korma it's a bit too sweet for me but you know it still yeah. represents indian food which is the best thing going and so it, yeah but everyone takes a piss out of him because he turns up in this sort of it's not even a fred perry it's some sort of like budget off brand fred perry type top and a uh and a pair of gazelles right and everyone says it's the centrist dad outfit and i'm like yeah it is i wear fred Perry's <coughs> and gazelles go on Sabir korma you legend but if they want to take it one step further, right, and get, like, the, the fucking real men on the street on his side, stick him in a stony at PMQs. Yeah. And then yeah. let's see how much fucking bollocks Sunak's got on him then when Sabir yeah. Korma fucking waltzes into the chamber in a brand-new box-fresh fucking stony, and just looks at him. Bang yeah. up. And... Possibly one of them Ralph Lauren baseball caps as well.
1: Oh, yeah, and it looks as if he's going to throw, hurl himself across the dispatch box and spark him.
0: Yeah, Oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't need to say anything. They'd go, Sabir Korma! You know, like they do. They're all going, rah, rah, And Sabir Korma stands up in his stony, mm. folds his arms, says nothing, and just stares across the dispatch box at Sunak. Yeah. And nothing's said, and the whole chamber falls quiet. And then eventually, Sabir Korma just slowly sits back down, never leaving the eye line, like never losing eye contact with <coughs> Sunak. Sunak doesn't know what to do, right? The speaker goes, Grand Admiral Sunak, rise, right? <laughs> to prompt him, like, you've got to get up. Now. I have risen. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> he stands up, and all you see. He's silent. He's like, you don't know what he's going to say because he's filled with fear and confusion. And then slowly, everyone notices there is a huge wet patch around his crotch. The cunt's pissed himself in the comments. And as we all know, that remains a criminal offence in this country. You cannot piss yourself in the chamber.
1: It also goes on Hansard as well, which we've talked about before, is the the book of what was said and done. The Prime Minister
0: wee-weed his panties And that'll go in there and it's embroidered in. I know this because my sister-in-law used to work for Hansard. They embroider it in like the Bayou Tapestry. And some some underling is sat there fucking (coughs) embroidering in the words that the Prime Minister pissed his pants and they're embroidering Mm -hmm. a picture of him doing it. And good luck with that in the next election because the ordinary working people from those red wall seats are not going to respond well to that kind of undignified spectacle.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Hey, listen, World Cup's coming up, isn't it? A couple of weeks. Listen to this. A group of 40 England fans are being paid by Qatar to attend the World Cup with instructions to deliver positive messages about the experience, sing certain songs when requested and report critical social media posts. It gets worse. Sources have confirmed that the group, which includes the England band leader, John Hemingham... Oh! Oh! Will receive free flights and apartment accommodation, £60 a day in spending money loaded onto a visa card, and complimentary tickets after they signed a code of conduct. They're all booked on flights that leave Fedora on November 17th. Bunch of official grasses.
0: Yeah, still, mind you, I'd be tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, free World Cup. <coughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Here your big deal football podcaster. Yeah, that's right. Uh, asking. very much so,
1: yeah. That, yeah that's done? Right.
0: I'm very influential, that's true. That's for us to say, but now you've said it. I'll tell you, yeah, you're right. You're back on. <laughs> right. Yeah, we want you to come out here. We'll put, you you come out. we we'll give you much money. You'll get 60 pounds a day. 60 pounds <laughs> a day, no problem. Okay, I'm listening. You've got my attention. <laughs> What else? I don't, I don't drink, so I could probably work with that. Yet. Yeah, I could work <laughs> with that. Right, what else? Hotel. What kind <laughs> of quality are we talking? Very nice. Very nice hotel. Very big swimming pool, minibar, all the privileges. Okay, okay. Uh, talk to me about match tickets. Every match ticket, all England game. What about final? Let's talk final. Okay, fucking final <coughs> two. Flights. What class? Economy class, I'm afraid, my friend. <coughs> you fly Emirates, even economy. <laughs> good on Emirates. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. What do I have to do? Just say it's good World Cup, good country, no human rights abuse, homosexuals treated fair, and uh, <laughs> and no money changed hands between FIFA officials and Qatar in order to secure this event. Uh, tickets are final, yeah. 60 quid a day loaded on my credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're on. I'll fucking do it. (laughs)
1: Fucking hell. Well, yeah. Did you see the letter as well that FIFA sent to all the nations that are in the World Cup? No. They've, uh, Gianni Infantino, the the current chump at the head of FIFA, they've written all the countries.
0: Which means, it literally translates as Johnny Childish. Does it? Johnny oh, Child. Does, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 Johnny, Johnny Child, yeah. Childman, Johnny Childman. It stands for, yeah.
1: Um, I'm trying to find a copy of the letter because it was all over, uh, all over the thing. Um, it's basically saying to them, cut, cut down on the fucking speeches and all that. Get on with the football. Let's just, uh, let's just have fun. And uh, let's not worry too much about some of the stuff that's been going on in the background over
0: here, because it only makes people sad. And football should be about happiness. <clears> so why focus on the sad things? Can't we all be positive for a change? <laughs> I, I believe <laughs> that yeah. Gareth. Sav- I mean, this is outright. This is a bit like me throwing that kid in Sheffield under the bus. Um, it's like Gareth. Sav- I only read the headlines and I should read the story more, but I did see headlines saying that Gareth Southgate had claimed that most of the workers were perfectly happy in Qatar or something. Did he? Oh. That doesn't sound like Southgate, because to be fair, <laughs> whether you think of him as a manager, and I happen to think he's been an absolutely brilliant England manager, but what do I, I know? What do I know? I mean, fucking hell.
1: But, well, he's been a very lucky manager.
0: Well, England England, are, are shit, and he's got us to a semi-final and a final, and actually that's that do you know what I mean it's like lucky mm. or not England have had lucky draws before and still managed to fuck it up so in the context of England managers do you know what I mean he's like done mm. better than almost all of them okay um, <laughs> but anyway that aside even if you don't rate him as a manager he usually is spot on with his pronouncements on social matters uh, yeah so I, hope I don't he care
1: about that either that's not his job I couldn't give a fuck about that.
0: No, hang on. When he said the stuff about uh, racism and bringing the country together and Black Lives Matter, when he said it, he, you know, he wrote a sort of an open letter before the World Cup and it was very timely and whether or not it's his job or whether it matters, I always think people like that, I think it's about my uh, potential best friend, Gary Lineker, and there other some people, when someone speaks out about an issue where they've got more to lose than gain, I always really respect them and applaud them for it. So, like, if you look at Gary Lineker, right, he's on a multi-million pound contract at the BBC, right? And if the, the, the correct thing to do, the shrewd, the easy life thing to do is to keep your head down and your mouth shut and take your money. Every time Gary Lineker makes any kind of pronouncement that's vaguely political, right, he, like, heightens the chances of that being taken away from him right yeah he doesn't get there's nothing much to gain from it nothing practical to gain from it whatsoever there's much more to lose than there is to gain but he does it anyway and he gets dogs abuse for it he gets much more abuse than he does praise right and it's same with southgate's the fucking england manager no one's asking him to say that shit but he's used his platform to get up and fucking condemn racism and talk about how important it is for us to embrace the diversity of the england squad and he puts it really eloquently and powerfully and all he's going to do is get criticised and it doesn't make him keeping his job much easier. But he just fucking does it anyway because it's what he believes in. I say fucking good luck to him. He doesn't have to yeah. do it. It shouldn't matter. But if he does it, good. Well done, mate. Anyone who speaks out against that shit is, do, is, doing, is doing good. And it's hard to do because there are so many horrible nutters who will come and like give you a fucking kick in for it on social media. So, okay. So... <laughs> So, Gareth okay. Southgate, Gary Lineker, you're both welcome round mine for fireworks night. No problem. That's
1: basically what you're saying.
0: But, yeah. but, small warning: I won't be putting on any fireworks because I don't like no. them, and I always get myself in trouble with them. Oh, it's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. Saturday
1: fireworks night it's on a Saturday this year. How's Os-
0: how does Os- how do you worry about Oscar?
1: Well, I mean, Oscar is the dog, the nerviest, jitteriest dog around who will bark at the sound of a car door being closed 100 yards away so so fire, fireworks night every single year doesn't fucking flinch doesn't give a shit it's weird mm. any other kind of noise the slightest little noise unexpected noise he'll go nuts he likes to keep you guessing but he's a yeah, counterintuitive he dog yeah he's a fucking knob but uh, what can you do um, predictions coming up weekend yeah yeah ready
0: yeah nottingham forest versus brentford nottingham forest nil brentford 2
1: i'm going to say um 1 nil nottingham forest uh aston villa versus manchester united i'll go first on this i will say um 1-1 i
0: would say 1-1 as well okay
1: uh leeds versus bournemouth 2 1 Leeds. Oh, no, that's not actually meant to be one we're meant to be doing. Sorry, I added an extra one in. Well, anyway, then, bonus
0: 2 1 to Leeds, I reckon.
1: No, we're not doing it. West Ham versus
0: Palace. Uh, All right, 2 1 West Ham.
1: All right, fair enough. I'm going to go 3 1 West Ham. Uh, Sunderland versus Cardiff. Uh, We've got strikers back now. I've got one of them anyway. I think we win this one 2 1.
0: I'm going to say
1: 2-0. And Everton versus Leicester.
0: 1-0 mm. Everton.
1: 1-0 Everton. I think this will be 1-1. Um, there we go. That's the predictions. I think that's the episode. Unless there's anything else you want
0: to no, briefly mention. No, uh, come and see us on <coughs> Monday. If there's any tickets left for London, I think there might be a couple. Um, and uh, if not see us in Newcastle Glasgow or Nottingham can't wait to meet you all
1: lovely stuff thanks very much for listening goodbye
0: goodbye